Lead Time is a weekly dose of leadership insights and interviews from Tim Allman and Jake Bessling. Lead Time is for any leader living in a busy world looking to be inspired, equipped, and empowered to lead others to their fullest potential. This is Lead Time. Welcome to Lead Time. My name is Jake. This is Tim Bessling and Allman coming to you right here in our makeshift studio for now for now baby we're moving into a a brand new studio by a subway can't wait (laughs) i've been in subway in a long time but we will have some subway because we believe not because of subway but we're leaders and we believe eternities are changed when a leader chooses to grow and around our church culture the way we lead is we read a lot of books listen to a lot of podcasts and we love to share that i mean you got everyone on our staff just saying hey have you read this latest book and uh, one of those that we heard about in the Global Leadership Summit, Tim's going to show you off right here what that is. Oh. Look at that. Uh, you could be on a cover like that. Shut I mean, up. look at that. <laughs> you want to put your mug on a cover like this? Rory. Rory's a good-looking dude. Let's Man. be honest, right? I love that tie Let's go. as well. He wrote a book called Procrastinate on Purpose. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just start with that title. What does that even kind of um, That sounds ridiculous. And I love titles that make you think. Exactly. Procrastinate. I'm not supposed to procrastinate. Everyone said not to do that. No, no, no. Don't put stuff off. But he wants us to do it, but do it with intentionality. Yeah, he says that the the biggest problem people have with their time is priority delusion. Okay? So let's call it PD. (laughs) Has nothing to do has nothing to do with being lazy or apathetic or even disengaged. I mean, you're energetic about what you're doing. You're just doing the wrong things. Yet it has the same net results. We delay the day's most important activities, man, yeah. for consciously or unconsciously allowing our attention to shift between all, all different kind of tasks I mean, that are not as big. Exactly. Let's think about it. The squirrel, the email, the dings, <laughs> the, the, the alerts that are all around you. You got so many distractions in our world right now, not to mention the, the media spin. You've got so much that is keeping you from accomplishing all that God has in store for you. It's it's PD, baby. It's priority dilution. <laughs> PD. And over the years here at our church, we've been trying to take away busy and say, man, we don't want to use busy. I kiss busy goodbye. That's right. Um, and he says, we like to blame it on busy. Mm-hmm. Man, stop that. The problem is not that you're busy. It's your own situation. It's your choice. We all have the same amount of time. Tim and I both have the same amount of time as you do, as the guys behind here on the screen. Um, and the most successful people that accomplish a ton, they're never saying, they're not, they're never saying, hey, I'm just too busy. They prioritize their time. He also talks about balance here. You remember that? Balance actually doesn't mean like, hey, I'm gonna, um, I'm just gonna like balance everything. Like that'd be awful if you're like, I'm gonna just give you, honey, a th- my wife, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. a third of my week, and then Chris Greenfield, a third of my week. And kids, I've already done a third with you, so that's complete balance. He says that's not how it should be. No, balance actually means equal force in opposite direction. So to be balanced means our time and energy have to be perfectly distributed between these various various tasks. Um, What's better than balance? Because I think a lot of people use that word, and he's going to help break it down. There is no such thing as a balanced life. Honestly, to get after big goals, it's going to require an extraordinary amount of focused attention to in the same direction over a long period of time. And that means you got to procrastinate. Yeah, and it's focusing then, as you said, on our most important time, our talents, our money, our energy in that same direction. And sometimes you are unbalanced then for a season. Yep. 
to focus on what you just had your doctorate program um, and finished your doctorate. I mean, there was probably a little unbalance where there were certain mornings and times yeah. and seasons like, man, I got to take this sabbatical. Right. You're not focused on church as much. Right. I got to have this different balance. And um, that really separates people that accomplish really significant things from people that um, just kind of go through life by doing maybe too many things that aren't as focused. So he calls this the double time, part time, or for the full time, free time strategy. I know that, that was again. a mouthful. Yeah. Double time, part time for full time, free time strategy. <laughs> Here's it. what it means. Focus double time for a season, which is just part time in the long range, for then eventually a full time free time of having accomplished that goal in that respective mm -hmm. season. So you gotta double down and then you're eventually gonna get to part-time. And if you move through this strategy, this funnel strategy that he's gonna teach us, you eventually have free time, free time. Yeah, and so the big thing about focus would be with your time is self-management, self-management. So as leaders- A lot of times we talk time management, right? We're not doing that, self-management. Self -management. So you gotta put one task in front of the other, but what we're gonna teach you in the next uh, two episodes is how to prioritize and um, kind of use a funnel. And as you look at your task, as it goes down, at the very end of this funnel will teach you that he teaches you in the book, you're gonna know this is what I need to concentrate on. And so he kind of looks at, you know, let's say there's about six different areas of your life, mm -hmm. um, faculty meaning work, finance, faith, family, fitness, fun. No matter how much you pour in, let's say those are all like buckets of, uh, or buckets or pitchers, mm -hmm. and you were gonna pour um, water water into them, all right? And you only had a certain amount um, of water. Uh, and you, no matter how you pour your time into each of these pitchers, somehow you're gonna have to, you're only gonna have a, a certain amount of water to prioritize one. And maybe at one point, finances, it has to be filled to the brim and everything else has to go by the wayside. So does prioritization work then? No. No, <laughs> he says. No, prior, this is what he says. Prioritization can't make more water or time. So how do you successful people think about time? They think about multiplying their time. So you don't just look at the important you look at what is significant. That's so a right. lot of times, if urgency, we talk about this kind of grid, right? The urgent and then the important. Urgency is how soon does this matter? Importance is how much does this matter? And that's normally the grid where people stop. Urgency and importance. But he gives a third grid that we must look at. It's significance. How long is this going to matter into the future? Yeah, and if you think about it like on the, uh, like an axis member in right. geometry, on the left side, it's like, what's the importance? And then on the bottom there, it's the length of time it's gonna matter. And then a 45 degree angle going out exponentially, it's that's significant. So it's an important thing. And over the length of time, that's gonna be the significant thing. And he's gonna teach us how to do that. So how do you multiply your time? You spend time on the right things today so that it frees up even more time tomorrow. There are choices that we can make now that will create more space later. I mean, I don't think we walk around thinking that way. You know, it's like task today just because they're they're there in front of me versus like, wow, that if I do this Monday, I'm going to free up a lot of time on Wednesday, a lot of time on Tuesday. So let, let's just so we're passionate followers of Jesus. Jesus is the greatest multiplier of time. Right. 
He stepped into time and space. The word became flesh. He went on a three-year movement calling disciples to himself, and then he multiplied them to reach the masses. Jesus is a great multiplier of time. He invested for three years intense time with those 12, and then maybe you could say the 70, the 120, and the world was changed because he, he poured into them, and they likewise did so for others. That's could right. leaders become multipliers of time rather than just doers? Yeah, each of you as a leader can become multipliers of time. And so you need to give yourself permission. And so we're going to talk about five permissions that you should give um, yourself that will allow you to procrastinate on purpose. So picture that funnel once again. I'm picturing. And at the top, we're going to put eliminate. Say it wherever you are. Eliminate. eliminate. All right. Eliminate. Get rid of it. Eliminate is giving yourself the permission. I love this to ignore something. Think about how your life would be different or your time if you eliminated certain tasks and activities today that you just don't like, you're not good at, uh, they're not that important. <laughs> what are those types of things? If we multiply our time by spending time on things today that will create more time tomorrow, then there isn't a faster way to create more margin tomorrow than eliminating things today, deleting them, removing them. Yeah, we're going to give you some real, real practical things that you should consider eliminating. First off is redecision. Say it, redecision. Re so a redecision is this. It's something that dings. It's the email that comes. And then you look at it and you're like, huh, that's interesting. And then you spend time maybe thinking about it for an extraordinary period of time. And then you're like, eh, I'll come back to it later. You have just wasted time. Take action right now. Do not lead toward redecisions, especially as it relates to emails. Yeah, that's awesome. Number two, watching TV, binge watching. Believe it or not, I think you do. Over the age of two, this is crazy. we spend 34 hours a week watching TV. That's what? a full-time job Pretty much? of watching TV. And that what? can be on your phone. That's video clips. Wow, we spend a lot of time doing that. And you know, you get to the retirement age of oh, 65, man. 67. This is a you this go overtime. up to 48 hours. You're working overtime watching Dang. TV, man. 48 man, hours. That is nine years of your life watching <laughs> TV. Now, we all love a little good TV. Yeah. You know, I just finished Friday Night Lights, five seasons. But man, we had to spread that stuff out yeah, yeah, over yeah. like a year, over whole coronavirus. So uh, eliminate some of those shows. You're, you're not growing. You're dying. Some of you have unnecessary meetings that you should eliminate. You're like, why is this on the calendar? It's not leading us toward our ultimate goals Deleted, get rid of those meetings. Others, long emails. Oh, a long email is a flashing signal sign that needs an in-person conversation. This is so true. Can you just, if you see that long email, it gets really, for me, if it gets longer than like a paragraph, I have that moment where I'm like, Ugh. but then sometimes I don't make the call. Pick up the phone, make the call. This is too complex. Figure it out in person. Yeah, I mean, intermittent change, uh, meaning like those, those, those side comments and people Ooh. coming in. We alternate between activities. And ladies, I'm sorry, but the stats say that men and women cannot multitask. There's going to be a split second or a couple seconds where you have to change your focus. And if you add all those changes up over a long time, that's a lot of time. Yes. And so mentally focus, set a clock for 25 minutes. Uh, we talked about this with um, uh, Limitless. I forget the name of the Pomodoro's theory where yeah, it's yeah. like 25 minute focus yep. and then five, five minute, minute break. break. Just focus that up. Um, confrontational emails we just talked about. You know, you never want to say anything negative. So 
Eliminate saying negative things or constructive things even via email. Set up that time in person. And if you are doing other people's work out there, like somehow it, it started in junior high where you're doing people's homework, I don't know, um, and now it's it's come to you where, oh, I'm gonna do this. I had to tell a staff member yesterday, I'm sorry, I don't have time to edit your stuff. You know, it's just not, it's you wrote it, you know, I'm not an editor. Um, I can edit my own stuff, but there's other people that can edit it, so you need to eliminate that. Yeah, uh, this is a big one. Gossip. Eliminate time talking about people who are not in the room. It is dysfunctional. It's not helping you get where you need to go. And the last one, real practical, is uh, eliminate, un- oh, this is good. There's a lot of unreasonable people. You can set <laughs> boundaries around letting unreasonable people Come into your head and into your heart and keep you from accomplishing the goals that Jesus has set before you. Set those boundaries. Yeah, and I think, oh, that's harsh, you know, but that's actually a way to love them as well and uh, teach them. So what's on your short list of things that you should eliminate right now? You might just pause right now, think through your day, think through those things that you're doing and say, hey, these are one, two, three things that I'm going to need help on to eliminate. Do it. Do it today. What do we got next? Funnels at the top, eliminate. eliminate. Next? Automate. This is the permission to invest. A good way to reflect on automation is to think how uh, wealthy people think about buying a cup of coffee. So this is this is really interesting. <laughs> Before we get to the wealthy guy, there are three different ways to think about automation. The first group of people, talk to us about the first group of people there, Jake. Yeah, so I almost went to the coffee shop this morning because I was like, I, I want a, I want a larger tea this morning. Yeah, you know, I just need that as we're talking. But I went ahead and I, I thought through this, and I, I have tea here. Okay, and so I got my own tea. The first group of people we're going to talk to though that walk into a coffee shop, the the people that are honestly least likely to grow wealthy over time, they're just least likely to grow wealthy. They're going to ask two questions when they do that. One, do I have five dollars? I do I have I five dollars? Okay, all right. Hold on, though. This is a different group of people. Maybe do I even have the five dollars? Two. Okay. What do I have to get to get myself this cup of coffee? And this group what might do I have to do to get myself that. Yeah, because if they don't got the five dollars, they want to beg, borrow, steal, or even buy it on credit. Okay, okay. that's one group. That's one way to asking. think about how you use five dollars. Okay. Uh-huh. Number two. Yeah. This second group is people that most likely will end up pretty comfortable in life. Um, but probably not like the wealthiest of the wealthiest. This is how they're going to tackle this question. Do I want this $5 coffee? Because they got the money, but now I'm in possession of that. Do I want this $5? Assuming it's yes, the next question is, do I have the $5? And this line of thinking makes up what most average, um, let's just say Americans that are middle class, think about. Here we go to the rich, the rich person. Third group. Way of thinking. Yeah, this is how they think. Do I want this $5 cup of coffee? This is what the wealthy may say. Assuming the answer is yes, their second question is much different than the first. Next thought is, if I spend $5 on this coffee, then that is $5 I will not be spending on something else. That's $5 that I won't be investing in the stock market, in real estate, or a business, or in personal development for myself. Specifically, they realize that this $5 is worth way more than $5. Invested over 25 years, it can turn into $25 at a 12% interest rate return. I mean, yeah. they they want to think about multiplying. So do I really want to spend, at the end of the day, $25 on this cup of coffee? That's the way the wealthy think about resources, and I love it. You may be thinking, this is this sounds, <laughs> you're talking wealth. This is simply good stewardship, people of God. A lot of us are wasting not just money, 
He's using money right here, but also time. Yeah. We're not thinking about multiplying our time. And so as we know, that that $5 with 8% would turn in over 30 years to $50. It's a $50 cup of coffee. $50. And so that's, that's crazy. Com- you know, it's compounding interest. Mm-hmm. It's that um that itemization and compounding over time that like, wow, that that really takes $5 to be something worth a lot if I can hold off and I can just make my own cup of coffee at home. So let's apply this. It's not just about money. Yep. What's happening in the story? Right. The first is the calculation of opportunity cost. The big aha moment is when we understand that if you spend the $5 on this cup of coffee, um, you're not just spending that on something else like you're, you could be spending could it somewhere be. else, right? Mm-hmm. Like your business and all the other things. The second is a calculation. Let's call it the hidden cost. This is the potential additional benefit you could receive um, by not spending that money. The opportunity cost is the $5 not invested, but the hidden cost is the potential additional 45 bucks that you could receive. How does this relate to leadership and your time? If money just sitting there is compounding interest and making you more money over time, we must see our role as leaders as a way to train up others to do things that then would compound our time over time. If we spend the $5, if you will, on investing in automating something or deleting something, it will pay off days, months, and years from now, as well as showing the compounding interest of time. So which leads us to automation. Automation uh, systems work for you because they compound time. They they work 24-7. You don't even have to be working, and it's, it's, working. it's working. One thing that is always more expensive than a good system is not having a system at all. And each moment that you don't do the things you know you should be doing, you are stealing from your future self. It's one of the reasons procrastination is the most expensive, invisible cost in business, and I will say this, in church today. This is an epic moment for you, if you're a church leader, uh, to invest in systems, automation. If you don't know anything about Church Community Builder, and when I use words like process queue that just goes right over your head, send us an email today. We would love to help you uh, get on the path of automation. Yeah, so for automation, and then the next one is going to be delegation. It's all about spending a little time, um, investing that $5 mm-hmm. so that you have that system in place, and then um, you train up other people so that in the long term, it's really going to grow. Here's uh, for church leaders and business leaders, some ways that you might consider automating things. A lot of times, like if you go to Disney's website and you have a question before you're going to Disney, remember when we used to go to Disney, you know, (laughs) Um, or a theme park? Frequently asked questions. Instead of just like tons of paragraphs and and it's just kind of like not filtered, um, or you have to have a live person answering all these questions 24 hours a day, they do uh, um, FAQs. So a simple idea for your church, and I rarely see this on church websites, is um, have an FAQ list, especially about children's ministry, what to expect when you come to church, um, and just different descriptions. Um, One of the best FAQs I saw was in a visioning campaign that we were looking at for someone else to learn from them when they were rebranding. There's a lot, and we've done this too, a lot of different questions that someone might have that at their own time, they can come and see. Is the name changing? Are the colors changing? What will this mean for uh, the the board of directors? Whatever that might be. And you can um, go a long way there by automating that. Exactly. Online bill pay is another way you can automate. If your organization's not doing online bill pay 
or your family. I mean, come on, man. That's a lot of time <laughs> that is being lost. Uh, social media management. We just heard of a local church in our circuit using a service that helps them automate their social media. So you don't need a whole team of people sitting around. What we do is we crunch time, right? We compress time, and then you automate when those respective posts are going to go out uh, throughout the week. We're going to end with this one, and this is a two-part series, so come back next week and listen to uh, part two of Procrastinate on Purpose. But scheduling, you can um, tell your secretary or look at your own time and say, these are the blocks of time that I do that type of task. Right. So that even the person like yourself scheduling doesn't have to think like, where is this going to fit? And it's so scatterbrained. Very focused on automating. This is the, the four-hour window that I write. No distractions. This is the four-hour window where I counsel. So to close with a story on automation, I referenced Church Community Builder, and it has taken us time to learn how to use this thing. There are a lot of tools, and we are investing time right now because it's going to help us automate like and amplify the gospel, amplify people moving through a discipleship process, amplify people moving from street to seat to invested partner in the gospel. We have, and I'm so proud of our team right now, we have a huge spreadsheet and it says first, second, third time coming to Christ Greenfield. And did they come back? How did they hear about us? And all of these different offshoots. And the crazy thing about the whole process, moving them to continue to become invested from first, second, third time, the entire process via CCB is 100% automated. Yes. Feels so good. Our team is so, so thankful for automation. So leader, no matter what segment of the world you lead, what vocation you lead in, your people would love it if you would help eliminate some things in your life that you would help them as well automate some things so that we can move on then next week to delegate. We'll see you next week on Lead Time. You have been listening to Lead Time with Tim and Jake. Please subscribe at cglchurch.org slash lead time. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Friday for another episode.